Hello. No, it doesn't go that way. It goes that way. It goes over there. Hello. It's unidirectional. You should be able to hear me from either side just fine. Yes, but you are the quiet one, and it needs to go over there. Yeah, and now I don't have room for my book. Oh, well, it's never talk that, louder then. It's never that close it's to me. It's always that close No, to it's me. not. Yes, it is. <laughs> hey, look, a plane. We can't use all that argument now. That great content. Hello, and welcome to Chronically Olympus, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series chapter by chapter, and today we are discussing chapter 19 of The Lightning Thief. This chapter is called, We Find Out the Truth, Sort of. I am just some soul in the fields of Asphodel, also known as Kristen, and this is my co-host, and I doth be a knight errant. Also known as Chris. Hi, Chris. <laughs> a knight errant? Yeah. Were these were knights specifically mentioned in this besides just their armor on skeletons? Uh, no. Okay. I took some liberties. Okay. So, you know, various soldiers throughout time. What does errant mean? Uh, in the context of a knight? Usually, usually a knight who is, like, questing or has, like, a, uh, Who's on an errand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. That's not. That's a word I've never actually like understood. So, there you go. Glad I can clear that up for you. Hey, look! I learned something today. Yay! Woo! Check that off the list. <laughs> How are you, Kristen? I am doing all right. I'm cool. doing all right. The house smells like pie because you're Fantastic. baking a pie. Oh my goodness! I'm so excited for that very pie. You're so spoiled. I am. <laughs> I'm stoked about that and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And other stuff. I'm recording with my favorite person, so we're good. Hey. <laughs> like, Hi. So how do we start this podcast? We start with some banter, which I think that qualifies. And sure. then we read our summaries. So yeah. as Chris and I are reading through the chapter, we each do a bullet point summary of the chapter. And then we read them on the podcast because, you know, why put in work that we're not going to flaunt in front of everybody exactly would you like to read yours first or should i or do you want to rock paper scissors for it uh i can go ahead and read mine first okay. if you'd like to go ahead i mean i i don't know you should first i mine will bring some levity going into the podcast okay. so go ahead the fields of asphodel are an aesthetic we get a glimpse of the vastness of hades the shoes Rush toward the pit from Percy's dream, dragging Goat Grover. Betrayal, question mark? Annabeth and Percy save Grover. Percy's backpack is full of foreshadowing. The trio gets to the throne room. Hades is on the throne, unlike dreams, and accuses Percy of stealing the Helm of Darkness. Hades doesn't want a war. Percy has the bolt? Percy, Grover, and Annabeth use the pearls to escape without his mother. What now? The sea? Fun. There you go. You, you added a touch of whimsy in there. I Good did. Good job working on that. That's... It... <laughs> I needed that <laughs> in my life when I was reading this chapter. A little whimsy. All right, so here's mine. Being dead sounds pretty lame. 
Heaven as a gated community. Betrayal shoes. Entrance to the Big Bad's castle is filled with a bunch of statues. Hmm. They very specifically expl explain that they're... I was saying it sounds familiar. Oh! <laughs> Go ahead. Um, hey, look, they're welcome. A Hitler reference, but Osama's was just too soon. Hades is an urban planner. Also, Percy is framed. Hades is framed. Might as well be an art gallery. <laughs> so much revelation. Really thought we'd be in hell longer. And Me too! When is L.A. not on fire? <laughs> so, there you go. There's my, uh, there's my summary. Uh, so let's dive in. Uh, as opposed to the last chapter, a lot actually happens in this one. Mm -hmm. um, there's much plot. Much plot. Um, so we start out with there in the fields of Asphodel describing this and how miserable all the dead are. Mm -hmm. Great time. Uh, where they uh, have like kind of a blurry face thing going on where like they're kind of hard to recognize or like see any identity there. Yeah, I love, I love when you throw in a 21 Pilots reference. I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, so that kind of ties into what I was talking about a bit with the last chapter of the river they pass through going into the fields that and kind of arrests his identities, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And they also can't really speak, apparently, at least not to the mortals. Yeah. I'm not sure they if they They do seem like... to get a little frustrated that they can't, like, be understood. When the souls approach them and try to talk to them, they seem frustrated that they can't be understood. So that would indicate... Like, that they're used to being understood by other souls. Yeah. Maybe. Could get deep into the Or that they're just I... new to the fields and they haven't figured out that they can't communicate anymore. What are the odds? If they're I... running into new people. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so they wandered through the fields. Uh, they There's look poplar about... trees. Yeah, there are some poplars. They also look about and see other paths that lead to other versions uh, of the afterlife. One is uh, your more traditional hell where people are being tortured in various really great, fun ways. Uh, some of which we hear about, like uh, being forced to run naked through cactus fields, and others are more we horrible than that. We also see Sisyphus. We very specifically see hey, Sisyphus. There he is. Yep. Cool. I mean, at the end of the day, it sounds... Uh, Sounds much better than being forced to run naked through a cactus field or, you know, burned at the stake. Yeah. Like pushing a rock up the hill. Probably in the grand scheme of things, not that bad. Um, yeah. You know, for eternity. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, and then we also said the gated community that is Elysium. Yep. Uh, which is much smaller than uh, the other areas of hell. Apparently there aren't... Uh, aren't that many people who uh, make it in. Yeah. It's exclusive. Or, or at least uh, ones that Hades judges worthy of making it in. Is Haiti judging, though? Because we specifically said that they, they submitted to judgment yeah. by a rotating system of judges. Yeah, that's very true. That darn Shakespeare, he doesn't think anybody's worth getting into heaven. Yeah, I mean, like, the, that is a question, though. Like, in, in lore, is Hades ever a judge, or is he just a keeper? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's a keeper. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't do any judging himself. Okay. So, he's just kind of there, uh, because somebody's got to keep the dead in check. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and we see this vision of Elysium with, like, you know, this this lush valley full of, like, mansions, and there's a big lake in the middle, and then there's uh, three islands in the lake, which are for the, uh, that's that's extra heaven. Yeah, it's for the people, <laughs> now here's my question, like, it's for the people who've made it 
to Elysium three times? Yes. Uh, and it does what? say for, for people who have chosen to be reborn three times and three times achieved Elysium. I didn't see that line. I wasn't aware that cho- being chosen to be reborn was an option. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's only something you get if you get to Elysium in the first place. You can choose to be reborn and then gamble to see if you get back in. Interesting. Maybe that's a thing. Huh. Who knows? Uh, could ask all sorts of questions about the metaphysics of how Elysium works, but that isn't the... Uh, point this, of this podcast this isn't an elysium metaphysics podcast it is not oh. i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that uh one of those does not exist though so we might corner the market on that if we want to start one okay that's All a right. that's a very niche uh yeah idea <laughs> join us this week on metaphysics of elysium where we discuss rebirth yeah and the islands of the blessed with a t blessed. not blessed it's blessed uh, and off in the distance, we see Hades Castle. Yep. Big black towering obsidian thing. Uh, and as they're about to go for it... Uh, ah! Grover gets pulled away. Okay. I wasn't sure what that was. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you looked at me like, what did I say? Do I need to rerun re- through <laughs> that line again? Uh, but Grover's shoes activate. Yep. And he starts being dragged somewhere. Yeah. And he yells the, the magic words to try to get... He, uh, yeah, he's he's being dragged off and with zero control, just like I expected. You saw that coming? Oh, 100%. I told you. I told you I don't trust Luke, and Luke gave him the shoes, and that he was going to be betrayed by a friend, and I thought it was going to be Luke, and I knew it was going to be the shoes, because the, he could Percy couldn't even have the shoes because of Zeus and the sky, and then when he was on the, on the, the water phone with Luke, Luke was like, how are the shoes working now? And he lied to him and was like, yeah, they're great. I, I knew it. Uh-huh. I knew that the shoes were going to be a betrayal. Yep. Hundred percent. Don't trust the gifts. Yes. Do you think that's what we're talking about now? I, I don't know. I don't know if that's what the don't trust the gifts thing is, but hundred percent, I knew the shoes were going to be a key factor of the betrayal element because I know Luke is the betrayer. Anyway, yeah. um, so that's my rant about the shoes. My second rant about the shoes <laughs> is why, what, why, why did it take so long? For them to come off or for him to try to take them off when he doesn't have feet. Well, it says that... It, he doesn't have feet. Yeah. He doesn't have feet. And it, he it, doesn't have feet. He has he has accidentally stepped out of shoes before. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is specifically addressed. Um, wish I could find it. No, it is it is addressed in the in the section where they finally do come off because, oh, they come off because he doesn't have feet. It does say specifically, uh, the flying sneakers had always been a loose fit for him, and finally Grover hit a big rock and the left shoe came flying off. So, yeah. 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 They were always loose. As as he's 10 feet from the edge, yeah. not while he's dragged down a narrowing, uh, like, crevasse that he could have grabbed multiple, like he did successfully grab multiple rocks trying to hold himself and couldn't fight against. These things didn't pop themselves off until he slammed into a big rock. They're also magic shoes, so, like... I don't know how much you can debate the physics of what shoes should do. Shoes shouldn't make you fly either or, like, have a mind of their own and drag you to a chasm of, of hell. But they did. So, but I get it. I get your argument. Thank you. 
Anyway, so it's dragging into this, uh, they go into this other chamber uh, where there's this enormous pit that is... It's also, like, mentally it feels like it describes him as being, like, dragged along the ground. Yeah. When if the shoes really wanted to get him into the pit or whoever was controlling them was thoughtful, they would have just, straight up, straight over, drop like a claw machine. One would think, but that's not as much drama as there. Yep. Well, then he can't be rescued. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, this is 100% just, like... There was a better way to do this. Yeah. Uh, but eventually the one shoe comes off and the other one comes off. He stops being dragged. Uh, the other shoe puts up a fight and kicks them in the heads a oh, bit before yeah. flying off. The apparently. shoe just like angrily kicks them? <laughs> hate it when my shoes do that. Like why didn't the shoes then come back and continue to attack them? Uh, and there's a line here that I want to address because it's going to come up later in my in my rant that I have. Not about shoes. Uh, oh, MJ shoes. Where after they stop before falling into this chasm, Percy is like in the narration says, "My limb, my limbs felt like lead. Even my backpack seemed heavier, as if somebody had filled it with rocks." Mm-hmm. So and this is this, the moment where he starts being like tired and feeling weary. Yeah, uh, this is what I was referring to when I was just like, he notices his backpack gets heavier at some point. Yeah. So like. When we argue about this later, and I'm just like, the bolt wasn't always in there. Somehow, during this traversal, somebody or something gets the bolt into his bag. Yep, somebody who has uh, Hades' Helm of Darkness, poor, poor Hemplo. Yeah. Cool. Um, which, is a whole, which is a whole other possible plot hole that we can address, uh, but we'll get there. Because the whole scene with Hades in the throne room, there's, there's a lot of... There's also the possibility that... He did have the bolt in the backpack the whole time. Uh-huh. And that the bolt only, like, felt heavier as he entered this realm. Yeah. But we're also going to sit here and assume that during this whole journey, he's never once looked in the backpack? Didn't he open the backpack to to throw something to uh, Cerberus? Yeah. Like, something like that. But, like... I know, like, I, 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 we can debate about whether it's in the text, but, like, I think it's a, 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 too much of a suspension of disbelief to be like, oh, no, he's had Ares' bag this entire time and never opened it. But I still think, I think that it could still potentially be something like his magic sword. Yeah. Where there was an item in the backpack that uh-huh. looked like a pen. Yeah. Or a ball or something. Yeah. And that when he was running and chasing and trying, it got uncapped. Yeah. And became the bolt. Yeah. All the magic weapons are just pens. Yep. That's... Yeah. 100%. Uh, yeah. Could have been activated. That's a that's a good thought. I didn't consider that possibility, I guess. Yeah. Just accidentally but, went off. But tell me about the next thing that happens after they get Percy, uh, Percy and Annabeth get to Grover. Uh, and then something starts whispering to them. Yep. They start hearing sound. Now, did they hear, like, an angry sound from the pit first? Um... No, just no. whisper first. Okay. Cool. Uh, though we learn that the pit is actually the entrance to Tartarus. Yes. They hear this whispering. Percy gets his sword out for, you know, whatever might come out of this. Who knows? Um, and then I did want to address this because, like, this exchange didn't make a lot of sense to me when I first read it. When Percy just goes, it's magic? Yeah. He's so, wait, like, what? I like, could almost make out the words now, ancient, ancient words, older even than Greek, as if magic, I said. 
So yeah. is everything that you've encountered. So is your sword. So is like. Yep. So is your whole world. Why? Why is why it important? Is this one, what we're calling magic, and <laughs> yeah. we're not being like, it's a spell, it's yeah. power. You're literally it's... in Hades. Yeah. And you're gonna be like, oh, there's magic afoot. Yeah. When he, <sighs> but yeah, that was that was what I was referring to when I was like, and then what happens next? Percy just decides that this is magic. Yeah. But he gets them to start running, which is the correct course of action. Uh, and Annabeth once again does not want to share her theories about what it could possibly be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course not. She, she's not going to be like, it's Kronos. Yeah, we do have that reference again, because we know that this is Tartarus, and we know that, like, yeah, it's, it is. it is. It's it's Kronos, and we all know it, but whatever. Yeah. She won't tell us. Yeah, really, really useful. Uh, So, Percy gets the sense that whatever's in there is apparently really powerful, and yay, they didn't have to deal with it yet. Cool. Uh, but then they, uh, after their detour, they start heading back to... Well, they have to sprint away, because what is the magic actually do? The magic is a, a basically a spell that, like, sucks all of them towards the pit. Yeah, the And they have to is... fight to get away from it. Yeah, it's like the entire pit is inhaling, and they're trying to... Yeah. yeah. So they escape from their little side quest, and then they start going toward the ha- gates of Hades, or not the gates of Hades, the gates of Hades uh, palace castle, thing. palace, fortress. Again. Whatever it is. They head back that way again. Uh, with huge bronze gates that are standing wide open. Yep. They are not closed. Uh, engraved on the gates are various fun scenes of death, like nuclear bombs and famines. Yep. That, but they uh, all look like they're anciently carved, even the ones that are nuclear bombs. Yeah. Uh, which he implies they might be prophecies that ha- had come true, which I'm really curious if there's anything else on there that, like, from the future, like, yeah. what's... What's, the other, what's gonna happen the other thing is you know since there's magic yeah they could just have been carved and be different yeah and entirely possible they could be changing uh and then they walk in and they see this really strange garden like glowing plants mushrooms piles of precious gems everywhere it's persephone's garden yeah uh and we have a bunch of medusa statues yep that she has apparently sent as guests to hades well yeah she mentioned that yeah. she had she she sent her statues they they decorated all kinds of different places and i thought she specifically mentioned hades yeah um which i didn't look into to see if that's a thing like in the lore mm-hmm. or not whether like a medusa statues populate persephone's garden or not i just wrote it down because i was like that's a fun little parallel with uh with the, the white, white witch. witch yeah and her statues yeah and the first thing that they encounter as going into her palace is this statue garden yeah so, did you learn anything in your research minute? Um, no, 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 not to answer your question about the statues. Okay. Yeah, I don't specifically know anything about the statues. Um, they do mention that there's a bunch of, like, beautiful-looking fruit. Yeah. And so, like, I looked a little bit into Persephone's Garden, but there's, like, a poem about Persephone's Garden that's, like, a 12-stanza-long poem that talks about, like, there's poppies in the garden and that anyone who touches the flowers will lose their like memory and wander around the underworld until they're no longer touching the flower. Ah. Um, so stuff like that, but, uh, which is kind of vaguely referenced when, um, Percy talks about the food, like the, the pomegranates. Yeah. Um, but I didn't actually look into anything outside that poem, like into actual, you know, actual <laughs> mythology. 
I mean, sometimes it shows up in poems. Yeah. It's a, it's a source. It's, it's like a contemporary poem, though. I'm saying, oh, okay. like, yeah, got it. I'm saying I didn't look into any of the actual mythology and tradition surrounding Persephone. Gotcha. Which I probably should have. Yep. Uh, so they saunter in. They do not stop to eat pomegranates from the garden. That would have been a terrible idea. And he, he does feel like Percy does feel like he has to like restrain Grover from it, though. Yeah, they look pretty delicious. Uh, you know, I was there. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was there, man. They look so good. Uh, but then they actually wander into the halls of Hades himself. Um, they see various soldiers from different time periods. Not just soldiers, though. Like, they're all skeletons wearing different uniforms. Like, and and it just seems really interesting that there could be skeletons in hell. Like, where do these skeletons come from? Are these just, like, an aesthetic? Or are these actually, like, souls that have deteriorated all the way to skeletons in Hades. Like, I... It's probably an aesthetic. Okay, because I'm, like, really curious yeah. about, like, where these skeletons came from. Like, that was a big question I had, was, like, how? Wow. So, Hades has a bunch of guards uh, that are warriors from different time periods. Yeah. We see some uh, people with Greek armor all the way to, like, American Marines with uh, grenade launchers. And the two Marines at the main door... Uh, don't stop them. Yeah. Like, they do, they, they move like they're gonna stop him, but then the door swings open, and they, uh, they are allowed to walk in. Those guards step aside and let them in, and Hades welcomes them in. Yeah. Uh, they are, in fact, in fact welcome, um, which, I don't know, why are they welcome here? It's like... Hades knew they were coming. Yeah, Hades, yeah, Hades knew they were coming, but, like, if he Hades knew they were coming... Hades believes that Percy stole his helm. Yeah. So, like, if he believes that he has the helm and he believes that, like, uh, he's got the bolt and everything, like, why not just have them captured? Why not have the skeletons, like, capture them immediately, uh, take their bags, take their crap, kill them if need be? Like, what? My point is uh, that I'm getting to is I think that this is very theatrical. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Hades, Hades wants Hades this confrontation. Hades is dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, before we go further into that. Yeah. Um, a thing I didn't know about Persephone is that during the spring, she's not in Hades, that she's, like, up with her mother. Yeah. Um, that was just a little thing that I th- thought was interesting because Percy looks over at her empty throne. Yeah. And kind of wishes that she was there. Yeah. To, so. to cool Hades' temper. Yes. But it's spring, so she's gone. But yeah, temper. I mean, he's dramatic. Like, yeah. it's, and his, and his lady's gone. Uh, so we this have this description of Hades, who is the first god that Percy meets that looks like a god mm-hmm. to him, who is like 10 feet tall, uh, these elaborate black silk robes, he's got this uh, completely albino white skin, jet black hair, uh, very goth. Yeah. Yeah. Hades invented that aesthetic. Uh, and Percy immediately, you know, unlike dealing with Ares, he's just like, yeah, he seems pretty dangerous. And Probably he's affecting be. me. And yeah. he's and he acknowledges that his aura is affecting him right away. Yeah. Um, and then there's this line that I pointed out. Uh, the Lord of the Dead resembled pictures I'd seen of Adolf Hitler or Napoleon or the terrorist leaders who direct suicide bombers. Because this is in 2005 and we're not going to mention Osama bin Laden yet, but we're mm-hmm. going to imply him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I know that you made a joke about that in your thing, um, but... 
within the context of this book, uh-huh. there's a very good reason why Hitler's mentioned in that list. Uh-huh. Do you remember it? I'll take that as a no. No. <laughs> when we talk about the the truce that was made between the gods yeah. to not have children. Yes. With the, with oh, the big three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason for that was because the last time that they did yeah. sparked World War Two. Yeah. Because Hades' son was Hitler. Yeah. So, for of course, kind of they have the same eyes because it's his son. Yeah, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Cool. So, it is full circle there. And yeah. it is it is a specific reference that makes sense in book canon. Yeah. Uh, so then Hades welcomes him in, uh, calls him stupid for coming mm-hmm. there in the first place after uh, what he's done. Percy addresses him as lord and uncle, which is cute. I know. I liked when he <laughs> called him uncle. I was like, ha <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Hades. Hey. And then Percy looks at him closer and realizes that, you know, the very, like, robe that he's wearing is apparently made out of the souls of the dead, tormented dead, which is pretty hardcore. Yeah. He wonders if all of his clothing is made that way and what... What someone would have to do to be incorporated into Hades' underwear. Yeah. Again, in comparison to, like, being tied to a stake and burned for all of eternity, perhaps not the worst fate. True. Like, there are there are worse ones. Um, so, and then Percy's just like, I've got two requests. And Hades is just like, yeah, sure. I'm going to humor you here. And Oh, really? <laughs> two requests. Go ahead. Make them godling. Yeah, uh, and then the Percy and his friends are just like, hey, so that whole war thing that you want, don't do that. It's going to be a bad time. Seems like overstating the obvious just a bit. Yeah, but we have a, a surprising reply in that Hades feels overworked and does not want war that is going to produce a bunch more souls coming into hell. Yeah, like, naturally. He is, he's over it. He doesn't want a war. His. Yeah. He's had to make new subdivisions. He's He doesn't want to do keep expanding this. Yeah, apparently. You would think Hades has people for that, but apparently not. Yeah. He's, he's overseeing this, which is why I put down, uh, apparently, he's an urban planner. Yep. Uh, really, must be a lot of work to keep Hades going smoothly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's just like, what are you, an idiot? Like, no, I don't want war. Like, I'm not the one who's behind any of this. Uh, you know, it's going to create... I'm going to have to pay more security goals. It's going to create traffic problems. Uh, I, I have a limited amount of financial resources. Don't, don't get me started on Karen. Yeah. So, says the guy with literal piles of precious gemstones that yeah, you see as you in walk the garden. In. Yeah. Yeah. But we have that funny moment where, where Percy goes, oh, yeah, by the way, Chiron, Karen, not Chiron, yeah. Karen wants a raise. Yeah. He's like, don't get me started on Karen. And ever since he found Italian suits. Yeah. Ever since Italy became a thing. Yeah. Um, uh, and then Percy directly accuses them of being like, oh, you took Zeus's Master Bowl. And then Hades is just like, yeah, no. Wasn't me. Uh, you obviously were the thief. Like, not only did you take that, like, you took my crown from me. Uh, and he, Hades hasn't made a big deal about his helm missing, being missing. Yeah. And they, they ask him about that because, you know, Zeus is accusing him of theft and he's had something stolen as well. So it would be fair to bring that up. But Hades is like, no, I can't have anybody knowing that I don't have my helm right now. Yeah. That's a major, uh, it's a very important thing 
Yeah. And then we hearken back to the conversation with Luke, where Luke is vaguely implying to Percy Mm -hmm. that the baseball cap is the helm. Yeah. And that, or is somehow connected to the helm. Uh Uh-huh. And that Annabeth is on Team Hades. Yeah. And with that, we have this curiosity of where did Annabeth get that hat? Uh, I mean, she she says in the book at some point that it was a, I don't know if it was a birthday gift, but it was a gift from her mom, like as a thing Athena sent her. She directly says that. I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to Google it because if it is a major plot point. Uh-huh. Where's the, when did they steal the flag? Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. It was. Yeah. Her her little Yankees baseball cap was given to her for her 12th birthday as a gift from her mother. Yeah, so I don't see how we really could assume that it was ever the Helm of Darkness when she, unless she's just blatantly yeah, lying about that. Yeah, she's had it for years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously it's not because Hades would have been aware of it. I'm sure she's got it on her right now. Do you think he'd be aware of it? He knows Percy's got the bolt in his bag. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I'm sure his his own artifact, he'd absolutely know if she had it on her or not. Yeah. Fair, fair. Uh, so that's the thing. And that also answers the question of um, when Percy is having the dream with the two figures having a conversation. There's the voice in the pit and this other voice that sounds familiar. And the voice in the pit's asking if, like, they've recovered the two items. Yeah. Or they brought the two, two items. items. We know what the other item is. Yes, but we still don't know if that familiar voice was someone specific. We yeah, don't know who that, that was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have the bolt, we have the helm. So if we're assuming that it's Luke and he's got both of these things, um, I feel like the helm hasn't really come up as a, as a plot point. I mean, like, Luke is the one who brought it up yeah. in the conversation, Yeah. right? Wasn't it Luke? It came up yeah. when they were in Missouri. Yes. In the missed conversation, yeah. He, yeah. He brought it up. Okay. Didn't he? Was e- it him? Either or did it come could... up on the train on the way to Colorado? We're going to have to do a whole book review. Holy crap. <laughs> I don't know, babe. I'm sorry. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I know we're going for accuracy here. It but... came up previously, and I don't want to just sit here and be like, it was Luke when it wasn't Luke. All right. Go ahead. Well, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Uh, But we know what the other item was. However, it has not been a thing that's been used in the book, as far as we know. Like, it hasn't really come up. That we know of, but it's probably been. Somebody might have used it to summon the hellhound into the camp. Maybe. Who Who knows? knows? So anyway, they obviously deny taking that too, but Hades isn't going to hear any of it. Then Hades summons Percy's mother. Uh, well, first he threatens to start the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, return my hell now or I'll stop death from happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'll open the earth and have the dead pour back into the world. I'll make your lands a nightmare. Like, as far as threats go. It's a, it's a like, heck of a threat. Like, give me it's my... a hell of a threat. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh-huh. The hell puns are fun. I get it. Yeah. But yeah, you know, he's just like, yeah, return my fancy hat or I will literally end the world. Yeah. <laughs> So, that's a thing. Yeah. When does he get enraged and start shaking L.A.? Uh, well, before that. Before. 
when does he throw his little tantrum and get uh, really emotional? When Percy accuses him of wanting war. Okay. And he's just like, you're an idiot. Uh, I've done nothing. Um, and then Percy gets righteously indignant, mm-hmm. or impertinent, as the word uh, you impertinent. like to bring up. Impertinent. <laughs> Look at you, just jump into it. I've, I've gone over f- <laughs> at least four different <laughs> options for what that word was in my head so far. And I have not been able to land on impertinent. I'm sorry. Uh, but he jumps in and is just like, no, you know what? You're just as bad as Zeus. Like, you are accusing the other gods of manipulating the, you know, manipulation and plotting and scheming. And you're doing the exact same thing. Like, you're making threats. You're trying to, you know, pin this on me. And uh, Yeah, and he does. He has a good reason here because... There's multiple gods accusing Percy of multiple thefts now. Yeah. Uh, But Hades does say that, uh, except for the Furies, none of the other monsters uh, that Percy has encountered have been sent by him. Yes. And we haven't, we, we kind of forgot to mention this, but we do see the furies flying around the top of the, of the palace. Yeah. Before they arrive there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that one was a revelation, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, and that, I think, includes all the way back to the hellhounds at the camp. Yeah. Like, Echidna wasn't sent by Hades. Krusty. Krusty wasn't sent by Hades. I mean, realistically, like, the only one that... The one we thought was sent by Hades was Echidna. Yeah, like, that's the only one and that really... And even then, she was very, like, I'm going to give you a bunch of advice, too. Yeah. She's the only one that really seems to, like, quote-unquote, pursue him or hunt him down. Like, the others, like, we've had Medusa, we've had Krusty, that they both just kind of, they kind of stumbled into. Yeah. Like, they, those monsters didn't really seek them out at all. So, I don't know, you could you could argue there that maybe somebody was manipulating them into stumbling into Medusa, but who knows. Yeah. Uh, and then Hades is just like, no... I know you're lying. You have the bolt. Go ahead and open your pack. And then he opens it, and Ermagerd. Oh, no, there's the bolt. Wow. There it is. Surprise. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess to sum up, uh, what we're getting is with all the framing here, we're assuming it's Kronos is behind this because we've named him already. He's the one in Tartarus. Uh, And he is the one that is trying to start a war between the gods. Yeah. Um, What does he get out of that? Uh, Free, I guess? Yeah, he has the possibility of being able to get out of Tartarus if Hades is distracted with a war. Or if Hades opens up the, the gates and lets the souls back into Earth. Yeah. All right. It's a pretty elaborate plan for freedom, but I guess if it works. I mean, creating chaos is is just a thing, too, though. Yeah. And I was just going to... Just wanted to talk about motivation for a bit. Whether there's anything more to it, or she's like, no, I kind of want to get out of Tartarus, and uh, this is my shot. Yeah. Cool. Seems like it could be. Well, and also... So with Percy somehow ending up with the bolt on him, someone got the bolt to him uh-huh. before he went there. Yeah. And Kronos was able to pull Percy into the pit. Uh-huh. Kronos would have had Zeus's bolt. 
in the pit with him. Yeah, maybe that was the goal. Maybe Hades finding it was just coincidental. Yeah. Because they weren't supposed to be able to escape. Yeah. Uh, do you think Ares is in on this? I I, I do. Like, uh-huh. my initial thought is, like, we made such a big point of, of saying that this was Ares' backpack when they got to the hotel in Vegas and he didn't want Ares' backpack and he threw it in the trash. And then when they walked out of the hotel, they had Ares' backpack with them. Big quotes around Ares' backpack in the air here. Yeah. And, um... And so with all of that, I think that it's a really, like, heavy-handed thing to the point where it could be misdirection. Uh-huh. But I also do think that it's also highly likely that the god of war Wants would war to want to start a war. You know. Crazy, right? It's just a thought. <laughs> it's just, you know, thought. So he reveals the bolt, and then Hades is just like, yep, the helm too, give it back. Percy's arguing because obviously, like, he knows he doesn't have that one yeah. for sure. Well, he also knew he didn't have the bolt for sure. He came here to get it. Yeah. Uh, and then Hades calls in the army and just, like, brings in all the skeletons, brings in the Furies. They show up. Uh, and just, like, yeah, you've got nowhere to go. Uh, and then, as if all that wasn't enough threat. Yeah. Then he brings out his mother. Whoa. Which I think is brought out more as a bargaining chip rather than a threat. Uh-huh. I mean, he does make a threat, but he, he brings her out like, yeah. hey, look, she's alive. I snatch her. She's frozen. I have her. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a, a, uh, it's an odd order to uh, escalate the threats in because like at no, first. No, you want to grab control of the situation before you start negotiating. That is. Well, no, but when he, when he, when he's first just like. Yeah, give me the helm back or else I'm going to send the dead to terrorize Earth. And also, I'm going to bring in my army and I'm going to kill you. But also, I have your mom here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, it's a weird escalation yeah. that happens. Nobody uh, nobody implied that the gods were, like, cogent, <laughs> making sense at all. Yeah. Um, so we also we learn here that uh, Percy's mom isn't dead necessarily which we kind of sort of knew or assumed or thought might be the case she is just trapped inside some sort of weird magical sphere of between life and death yep uh so they've got all this uh weighing down on them and percy's just like all right got one option here maybe got the pearls which hades is also aware of yep and he says how many did she give to you yeah who are the pearls from? Like, we know that they're just from some river lady, but who is it? Uh, I mean, the the naiad. The but, one he meets in the ocean is the but naiad. But who is she? Yeah. I don't know. Random naiad? Percy's real mom? I don't <laughs> Hades says, how many did she give you? Yeah. Oh, only three. Yeah, and he's like, well, you realize each one only protects a single person. You know, who are you leaving behind? Basically, yeah. egging him on to, to not use it because he's going to have to sacrifice somebody. And then we have a fight about who gets to die. Yep. Which we have an interesting revelation that Grover doesn't have a soul. <laughs> yep. Grover's like, leave me here. Take the three of you. I don't have a soul. Yep. He can torture me and kill me, but he can't keep me for eternity. Yep. He'll be reincarnated as like a flower or something. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of how satyrs do. 
Yeah. They uh, they come back as nature. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Grover doesn't have a soul. That's something. We'll yeah, have to they deal all have a fight about who wants to sacrifice themselves and stay here forever. Um. And Percy decides that his mother wouldn't want him to sacrifice himself. Yeah. Period. So because of that, he breaks the pearls for the three of them, and they are encapsulated in bubbles. In magic white bubbles. uh, Before, you know, not before he looks back at his mom one last time, and it just, like, echoes the words of the prophecy in his head. Yep. Of he will fail to say what matters most. Yep. So... That part's come true. Yep. Uh, and so they get inside their magic bubbles. And before they leave, Percy uh, doesn't really even make a snarky comment. He says, I'll find your helm, uncle. I'll return it. Also remember about Karen's pay raise. But, like, he makes a promise to come back. Yeah. Which I think is a very interesting choice. Like, yeah. I, I that one really hit me, too. Yeah. Like... I'll find it and I'll return it. Yeah. It's not his job. Like, <laughs> like he's doing that in order to clear his name. Like, to to clear, like, his Hades thinks that Percy stole the helmet. Yeah. So it is kind of in Percy's best interest, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, he should play with Cerberus once in a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he likes red rubber balls. He's, uh, he's pretty lonely. Um, so they smash the pearls. Uh, Hades calls forth the Furies. They're too late. They get encapsulated in fun little bubbles and float up through the ceiling. Yep. Uh, in these little globes of invulnerability. Uh, they don't pop on the ceiling. They when just pass. When did the Furies swoop in? Was it when they got the pearls out or was it at the same time that all of the, like, uh, skeletons were called in? Because I feel like it was a little earlier, right? Like, uh, the Furies came in at the same time as the skeletons. Okay. So it was before the pearls got yeah okay uh and then they float up uh through the crust of the earth itself end up coming out in the the ocean ocean floor in santa monica yep floating back and they're back on the surface and they are floating in the santa monica bay yep Uh, and they get in the way of a surfer who's like oh no dude they're circled by a shark which percy tells to go away and it swims off the surfer's like man those are some bad mushrooms yeah naturally never want to be out enjoying some waves and then three random children just appear up from underneath you. Yeah, and tell That's a shark a... off. Yep. <laughs> what a time. Uh, and then LA is on fire. And in the distance. And Obviously those those earthquakes that we assumed were happening were actually happening. Yep. There's plumes of smoke coming out from everywhere. And they are kind of stuck there being like, well, gotta get Zeus's, Zeus's thunderbolt back. Vent yep. war. And, uh, yeah, we have to get it back today. Like, this is the end of yeah, the time. This is the solstice has to happen. Uh, and he says, most of all, I had to have a serious conversation with the god who tricked me. So he seems to know who tricked him. Yeah. Who was that, do you think? Well, I would assume based on that. Are you... Sorry. What was I just, that? That was me realizing... That they still have the scarf from the boat from the love ride. Uh-huh. Did they did they take that? Yeah. Okay. As far as we know, Annabeth did not give that to Ares. Uh-huh. So they might still have that. Uh-huh. And I've been wa- waiting for that to return. 
Maybe that's the bolt. Maybe that was the bolt. And Ares really did tell him to go pick up the bolt. Maybe. But also, like, when they encounter the scarf, like, Percy gets transfixed by it and is just like, oh my god, it smells so good. And, yeah. like, no, Annabeth's like, don't get but we do, they might still have that, too, just on top of everything else that they're accumulating that belongs to the gods. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. No, I just had that moment. I thought you were in the middle of a yawn there for a second, and it was just like, are you, com- are you coming back? Are you going in? <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. Of the gods that he's interacted with, we have Mr. D, we have Ares. Uh-huh. And Hades, that's basically yeah. it. Yeah. And so it's not Hades that has... Yeah done this unless you want to count iris who's kind of a yeah, minor really god directly yeah. connected with though is have used their communication system yeah yeah don't know we'll find out cool. i think it's hermes you think hmm. or aries or you mr think, d you think luke is still uh <laughs> or any of the other gods could be anybody at this point uh Except Chiron. We know it's not Chiron. Yeah. Or do we? Uh, so yeah, it's that's the chapter. It's not one of the gods. Like, that's very true. And he specifically says at the end of the chapter, the god that tricked me. Yeah. Cool. That's the chapter. Did we miss anything? I'm sure we did. Yeah. Mix some very important subtext in there. Very much. All right. Well, that being said, would you like to move on to our next segment? We have one other thing. I, there was one, uh, there was a sentence I wanted to read that isn't my favorite sentence, and I'm worried that it might be your favorite sentence. Okay. Um, does your favorite sentence have anything to do with friends? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Um, so then I think that that might be your favorite sentence. Um, so I'll come back to it if it's not after we do favorite sentences. Okay. That, but there was one other sentence I wanted to talk about that isn't my favorite sentence, but I was worried it might be yours. So we can interrupt this wrap up of the discussion where I would normally talk about my last three points, but like, I want to talk about that sentence too, but I think it might be yours. Okay. Okay. Would you like me to go ahead and read the uh, my favorite sentence with well, all that fanfare? Uh, yeah, we might as well go ahead and go into our favorite <laughs> sentences then, unless you had any other last-minute things about the chapter. No. Just raises a lot of questions. Yeah, and the chapter title, we find out the truth, sort of. Like. Yeah, which I mean is we, accurate. We don't actually find out any truth except that Hades didn't steal the bolt. Yeah. That's it. Like, anyway, go ahead. That's somebody setting everybody up. Uh, so my sentence, with all the fanfare attached to it, is as follows. I had spent thousands of miles worried that I'd be betrayed by a friend, but these friends would never do that. Yes. Was that the one you were thinking of? Yes, and I wanted to lead into it with the the sentence right before it. Do you want to read the sentence right before it and then run right into that? Uh, the sentence right before it is, I remember Grover dive-bombing Medusa in the statue garden and Annabeth saving us from Cerberus. We survived Hephaestus's Waterland ride in the St. Louis Arch, the Lotus Casino. I had spent thousands of miles worried that I'd be betrayed by a friend, but these friends would never do that. Yeah. Anyway, that was the last thing that I wanted to talk to talk about in the chapter because we paid such close attention for this friend that's yeah. going to betray him. Yeah. 
And I think that it was a nice circling back of Percy coming to the conclusion, like, these are not the ones that are going to betray me. Yeah. And I've been so worried about being betrayed this whole time. Yeah. That, like, here they are. These are my friends. Which essentially means the... We're going to have to argue about what the point of that line in the prophecy was then, because, like... Because it was Luke. Yeah. That betrayed him from the beginning. He was never friends with Luke, was he? I think he might have been. Okay. It's like, it's, depending on our definition of the word friend, we're going yeah. str- to stress that. Uh, cool. Should we move on to our last segment? Uh, well, I'd like to read my favorite sentence. Oh, I totally forgot you did. <laughs> Sorry, I got two and just completely missed yours. All right. So I wrote down two sentences. Um, of course you did. But the one that I'm going to read here for, like, this is the one that's my favorite sentence. Yes. I couldn't help but looking for familiar faces among the spirits of Asphodel. But the dead are hard to look at. Yeah, that one was impactful. Yeah. Um, I also wrote the black grass had been trampled by eons of dead feet. That was the other one that I wrote down. But then I decided, like, my bullet point was going to be the fields of Asphodel are an aesthetic. Um, because that was, like, it's, it's a very, like, strong vibe. Yeah. That's all. It's pretty depressing. Yeah. I I don't know. I think it was beautiful and it was well done and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Cool. So that was mine. I always just said good job. I'm just like, good job picking a sentence. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) And reading it too. (laughs) Wow. It's a big step for me on this literature podcast, learning how to read. Would you like to uh, move on to our last segment? Sure. Cool. Uh, so in this one, we pick a random character out of the chapter and decide to rewrite the chapter from their perspective. Not necessarily the whole thing, but just like a little snippet of their life, just for funsies and creative exercise. Indeed. All right. Did we pick the same one this time? No, we did not. Okay. I mean, we didn't because you usually introduce yourself at the beginning of the podcast as whoever it is that you write for the perspective of. That's Correct. typical. You also told me that you were running your rewrite through a Shakespearean English translator. Yes, that is what I did. So I know that we didn't do the same one. Okay. I just like the idea of doing mine from the perspective of like a random like uh, medieval knight who is now in the service uh, to Hades in Undeath. Yeah. And so I did that. Who's yours? Well, shall I read it or? Would you like to go first? Sure. Okay. All right. <sighs> Maths teacher. That was fun. Rude old lady liked that one too. But nothing is as satisfying as soaring around my master's palace in my home. Watching the vast fields drift in the wind, soaring as I and my sisters were meant to. Our vigil is nearing its end as the godling is here. He took a little detour, but now he's at the gates. We've been watching him since the alarm was first raised, but now seeing him speak to the Lord Hades... It is time. Come, sisters, to the side of our master. Now the liar, the thief, he's here, and so is his stolen mother and his annoying friends, but they have the bolt. It is here, and now the cowards flee. The chase is on. Again. Cool. A little uh, Mrs. Dodd's perspective. Yep. Cool. That's all. Good job. Yeah, that's it. A little simple one. Mine is also really uh, simple. There's not like a a great character to tell this chapter from the perspective of, 
other than Hades, which I didn't want to do that, really. Yeah. So, uh, or, you know, whoever's in the pit. Whoever. Whoever that is. (laughs) Whoever that is. Um, So we're going to see if I can get through this one. Okay. So this is, I've already introed it. Here's my rewrite. Fast been thousands of years, I bethink. Happily hundreds. The same thing, day in and day out. Guarding the palace against threats yawned never appeareth, save for the occasional hero or some doomed guest. Which if to be true that thee bethink about it isn't yon different than what I didst in life. Alive or dead, mortal or god, lords art the same. The present day tis children younger than usual, who ist has spot Hades' wrath. I relish not the bethought of taking more life in this cursed garden of bones, but I seeth not what choice I asked. But alas, wander, these knaves aren't crafty. These gents escapeth out through the mouth of hell itself, though vowing to returneth some day leaf. I, young ones, thee shall. Everyone dost. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. <laughs> well done. It's having fun. Got to find ways to amuse myself. Nineteen rewrites in. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, in in the first book, when we have four more to go. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna do well, many more of these. Well, we can change things up between. I mean, I like this formatting a lot more than the um, using the same sentences to uh, yeah. rewrite something. So, I like sticking with this. All okay. right. But as usual, we'll chat about it. Sure thing. Well, that's that segment. Kristen, would you like to uh, go ahead and close this out then? Sure. Cool. Unless you want to turn. You, you got to <laughs> warn me in advance. You got to let me know it's coming so I can prepare. Thank you so much for joining us today as we discussed chapter 19 of The Lightning Thief. Join us next time as we discuss chapter 20, I Battle My Jerk Relative. Which one? Who will it be? Us. <laughs> Any number, Mm. including anyone at the camp, because they're all cousins. Yep. (laughs) Not Chiron, though. No. He's not related. True. Until then, you can interact with us on social media at Chronically Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at Chronically Pod on Twitter, or you can email us your fan art of the throne of Hades at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon if you feel like it and get nothing in return for that, except for the knowledge that you have helped us caffeinate at patreon.com slash chronicallypodcast. And until next time, if you're going to accuse someone of stealing something, don't have it on your person. Good advice. Yeah. And uh, if you must go into the depths of Hades, wear Crocs. Why? Come off easier. <laughs> oh, because of Grover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say, if you're going to make flying shoes, though, don't have them be Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
souls that have deteriorated. Souls that have deteriorated. Hello, talking a little louder. This is my podcast voice. Am I there yet? The podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the... (laughs) Really thought we'd be in hell longer. Me too! When is LA not on fire? I don't know how much you can debate the physics of what shoes should do. Shoes shouldn't make you fly either or, like, have a mind of their own and drag you to a chasm of, of hell. But they did. So, but I get it. I get your argument. Uh, plumes of smoke coming out from underwear. From underwear. Underwear? Yeah. <laughs> from ev- everywhere? They very specifically expl- explain that they're... I was saying it sounds familiar. Oh! <sighs> Go ahead. Um, so our last segment is when we find a character in the chapter and we rewrite the... So our last segment is when we take a character out of the chapter and we... we... But I also do think that it's also highly likely that the god of war would want to start a war. You know. Crazy, right? It's just a thought. (laughs) It's just, you know. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry, my dramatic god of war <clears throat> got away from me. Uh-huh. Point this, of this podcast. This isn't an Elysium metaphysics podcast. <laughs> it is not. Uh. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that uh, one of those does not exist, though, so we might corner the market on that if we want to start one. Okay. That's, right. a, that's a very niche uh, yeah. idea. <laughs> Join us this week on Metaphysics of Elysium, <laughs> where we discuss rebirth and the islands. Of the blessed, with a T.